Clear Light with Steve Taylor. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Clear Light podcast with me, Steve Taylor. In the next series of podcasts, I'm going to speak to some of the people who are featured in my book, Extraordinary Awakenings. We're going to begin with one of the most remarkable stories in the book. It's the story of Zach Khan. Zach is a man who's in his early 50s. He lives in Blackburn, England. In 2009, he underwent an amazing transformational experience at a time when he was being treated in hospital for cancer. Zach, so, so what happened? Could you describe the experience in your own words? I got cancer leukemia and it was a life or death. I had several cardiac arrests. One cardiac arrest where I, I wouldn't say I lost consciousness, I felt a strong magnetic force that was much stronger than an ocean pull from the inside of my skull. And it was so strong that it, my eyes rolled back into their sockets and my breath shortened, so taking normal breaths to gasping breath. And then I felt myself being inside of myself. First thing that I tried to do was to center myself, you know, and, and then ask myself, where am I and what's going on? I began to notice that my toes began to dissolve. My mind was wanting to panic because what was occurring was a terrifying experience that was out of any frame of reference that I ever had. And there was nobody to shout it to, help me, help me, there was nothing, you know. And I, I realized that I was in peace even though my body was dissolving. My leg was dissolving like sand and it was real, it wasn't a imaginary, um, visionary experience. It was like it was really happening to me. I began to realize that my mind was dissolving because I was trying to remember where I was. And I'd go and look for the word hospital and I couldn't find it. And I couldn't find the word family, race, gender, sexuality. All of these things began to disappear. I existed. But my identifications, my bodily identifications, were disappearing, were dissolving. At some point, I just felt this huge expansion and overwhelming sense of freedom. And it's not like a freedom I'm free, like when you're on a roller coaster. You're on a boat and, and, and it's a beautiful day and the wind is blowing, the breeze is caressing your face and you feel a sense of freedom like that. It's beyond all of those things. It's beyond all experience of freedom that you have here. It's an incredible liberational feeling and an expansion at the same time. And, and I, as I moved within myself, I realized that I didn't have a body because when I moved, I was expecting some ache or pain, some tightness, and there was none of that. And it was then that I realized that I had released myself from the body, and that, but I also existed at the same time. And all of that was conscious, conscious kind of dissolving of every layer. And at the same time I was sinking, and as I sank, it, it was like I was lying on a cloud because it was really comfortable and really peaceful. I went through one, one cloud and came out of another cloud, sinking but also dissolving. And were you aware of anything outside you or anything around you? Uh, in the beginning, when my eyes shut closed and when I, uh, my eyes rolled back, my friend was sitting uh, with me. We were talking and I could hear her screaming down the corridor saying, help, help. As, as she managed to get some attention, 
in the corridor. It began to recede, the sounds diminished, the hospital disappeared, and then there was no world, there was nothing, no perception of uh, anything other than being inside this cocoon which was inside myself. You were in a different type of environment which didn't have the same rules in terms of how one experienced time and how one experienced space. We are at a biological level embedded within time and also within space. But there none of these things arose. Didn't need food, didn't need to breathe, mm. didn't need to drink. So while, while you were in this different realm where time and space didn't seem to exist, mm -hmm. did you have a sense of union, a sense of oneness? Not at that point. At that point, it was, I suppose, getting used to just feeling incredibly free and also a, a, a strong relief that I wasn't experiencing pain, you know, particularly bone pain and cancer pain, but just life pain, you know, the weariness that we carry with us. It, it just wasn't there, you know, it was, and that's a freedom in itself. As I was sinking, it's almost like I'd put my head down to sleep while I was sinking through this cloud. I felt this line, you know, there was a line, there was a boundary, that if I crossed this boundary, I just knew I wasn't going to come back. And and there's nothing to indicate it, because it's just darkness everywhere. And it's not a scary darkness, it's a, it's a really peaceful darkness, you know. I don't feel at all threatened in any way whatsoever in this environment. And as I'm blind there, um, I begin to negotiate with whoever, with, with God. Oh, just let me stay above the line a little bit longer. I don't want to go back yet. And you're probably thinking, t Steve, that um, if you don't have a mind and you were losing constructs, how did, were you then aware of the concept of going back? And I, and I have reflected on that for myself. Nobody's ever challenged me on it, but I've reflected on myself and I've found that actually it was, a, it, it was a knowingness. It was just I knew back and I knew that a, there's a line. I knew if I crossed that, that would mean that I wouldn't be able to go back. I thought the best thing to do would be just because it's incredibly peaceful and there is no pain and I'm enjoying the freedom. I just want to stay here for a little bit. So, could, yeah, I, I'm just going to lie here for a little bit. Time shifts here and before I know it, I don't know how long I was there for. It seemed like I was there for a while. And I hear this voice and it's sharp and there's an alarm in, in the tone of the voice. Zack, Zack, and that Zack, Zack kind of pierces me and jolts me from slumber, if you can use that term. And immediately, I, I know that I'm, I've had to cross the line and I'm very, very near the line. Be careful, you know, these words came to me. And I knew what that meant. So I, I say, yes, okay, okay, I'll, I'll be mindful, I'll be mindful. And before I know it, I've crossed the line and then now I'm trying to orientate myself where am I what's going on because I seem to be in a new a different environment to the one before I felt this wave come over me a really wonderful soothing energy and in the energy you could feel compassion acceptance welcoming energy receptivity and an embracing energy time slips again my awareness of the moment disappears and the next moment I find myself waking up in the palm of a hand that is translucent light and it's this translucent light that is holding me and I, I like a baby 
in a fetal position. And the first thing that occurs to me is the incredible tenderness in which I'm being held. You know, And then there's an unconditional love that seeps through the core of my being. The only way I can describe it to you, Steve, is it seeps into the DNA and the RNA of the mitochondria of my DNA. And then the quantum of the quantum, you know, it feels like that. And it's seeping through every cell of my being. And I don't have a body and I don't have a mind. And the unconditional love is not of this world. It, it's incredibly pure. The purity, it, it's not pure in a biblical sense. It's pure in a chemical sense. It's untainted of anything. That untaintedness doesn't exist in this world. You just cannot find it at all. You just know that. And it is so, so tender and so loving that I begin to weep as a soul. That's the only way I can say it. This very being is weeping with gratitude to be touched. And not touched from the outside in, but from the inside out and knowing that you are loved. Eventually the hand begins to move up and it's so gentle, Steve, it's so tender. It feels otherworldly because the movement is incredibly graceful and it starts off quite slow. What seems to be like an elevator shaft and I'm in the palm of hand going up fast in the darkness and it begins to speed up and go faster and faster. And that whole experience lasts for about th what I consider to be about 30 minutes. So I must have gone somewhere really, really, really deep and came back. Eventually, I feel myself being pushed back into my body. So it's just like I fuse back in and click back in. And as soon as the click happens, simultaneously, my eyes are all back and I'm back into this world. Eventually, it takes four hours for the mind to begin to come back and three weeks to really get a sense of that entire profound experience. And then after that, there are realizations and realizations and truths and that occur and unfold. So did your previous experience with spirituality help you to make sense of what happened? Absolutely. I'm learning, I'm centering myself, which I've learned to do whilst I'm in meditation, to center oneself and to sit in that place that you've, that you have, that you know will keep you calm and, f and clear in terms of trying to assess anything. So it's trying to move in that space within, within seconds of being pulled in having an experience that's just so beyond every you know your your reference points the magnetism pull of the um uh you, the the strength of that pull is otherworldly you, you don't experience it anywhere else you know and I, in the beginning i was resisting it but because you could sense this the power behind it you knew that it was futile it was absolutely futile to resist it there was no other choice but to surrender to it and to surrender to it meant something not good you know <laughs> in one sense so um that surrendering and that acceptance was happening really fast because of practicing acceptance practicing to surrender to something greater than yourself all of those things came into play in the, in that moment that's interesting because quite a few people who i interviewed didn't have any background in spirituality so they were very confused by what happened they were unprepared for it and so they found it difficult to integrate what happened. You know, it took them quite a long time to really understand what happened and to, to build up a framework to make some sense of it. But you already had that. 
so that, I guess that was quite helpful. Yeah, very helpful because um, I didn't need to struggle with it a lot, you know. And again, my approach was this will unfold, this will eventually reveal itself, reflecting on it, sitting with it. I've had a conscious death experience of the body dissolving and the mind dissolving and the soul, the spirit within oneself freeing itself and, and, and then you know, having the realization that I exist even though I died. And now I you know, I integrate that experience as death is an illusion. It doesn't it's not real. It was real at one point. It's no longer real anymore. The fear of death isn't there. I might fear the pain of death <laughs> if that makes sense. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I don't fear death itself because I know it's just a transition. I, I'm aware of it. So the gift, if you know, and I often think about if I, w one title of a book, if I get get to write a book, would be the gift of cancer. Being indoctrinated as a child, which we are into religion because we were born into a particular religious faith. Once we commit to it, we're at the belief basis. We're on a belief foundation. For me, though, the question does God exist or not is is no longer applicable because belief is no longer applicable. What I've come to understand for myself is that I'm in certainty. God is an existent certainty and a reality for me. There's no longer a question of belief. So that's gifting, you know. Mm. And there were many giftings in that in terms of universal truths. People often ask me when I share this story with them, what did you see? I, my response is always, Steve, is that um, it's not so much what I saw, but it's so much what was given to me and so much what was taken away from me that that is the real treasure to to allow a shift in perspective to eventually occur and a new identity and boundaries shifting and changing because of what universal truths were being revealed so after the um after the experience i know you had some health challenges as a result of the the cancer yeah, the that's treatment right. yeah. yeah but did the uh, the new awareness or the new the experience itself did it help to sustain you through those challenges absolutely i mean i had um chronic fatigue for quite a number of years and that was really challenging and also went through anxiety and depression for nine months but um these new awarenesses allowed me to kind of particularly with anxiety and depression it was just a matter of time for me really and to process and i knew that and i wasn't worried that i was going to be in that circle of depression for long it didn't you know I, I for me it was a journeying through it rather than i'm stuck in this or trapped in this and you knew it was kind of like a process that had yeah, to yeah, manifest yeah, yeah, itself yeah. yeah and that again with the spirituality you know you one journeys through one journeys through things you know so um that was um very very useful to have that understanding and awareness and it was a very difficult tough tough time and eventually I ended up breaking my back in three places. Well, two pl two bones were broken and the pedicostal above it was fractured. This time around I got ill with cancer again and was in the hospital for on and off for over just under a year. And um, during that time they medically acknowledged that I had a fibrillation of the heart, fluttering and rapid heartbeat and heart palpitations and losing consciousness. And one day I lost consciousness, fell in the kitchen and broke my back you know I saw, saw it as something as a, of a journey that one has to go through and it will heal at some point 
And did it change your perspective on relationships? I could talk for ages now about shift of perspective and the subtleness and the nuances of it. One of the big things is the relationship with time has changed. When you go to the other side, one of the things that becomes very immediately apparent is that what we find in this world, what, what we've been taught as being incredibly important, is not important at all. And what we see as non-important, or what we overlook, is incredibly important. So prioritising has changed, and uh, my relationship with time has changed. Unfortunately, and this is not a judgement, but it's just an observation, we squander time. We believe we have so much time. If we were to understand the true value of time, this whole planet would be completely shifted to a completely different paradigm. Relationship is incredibly important. Relationship isn't just biological relationship, it's a relationship with everything. Relationship with with the tea that we've just drank together, you know, or, or the drink that we're having, or the chairs that we're sitting on, the environment that we're in. We're in relationship in some way or form all the time. And how we relate to things, that has changed. I, I experience sorrow as well, Steve, because I'm pressured by living in a nine-to-five environment. I have to work, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to pay the bills, like everybody else. But in doing those things, it constrains me into a time slot that isn't natural or real. But I have to live that too, and that can be quite painful. At any moment, I wish to remove myself from that and be in a different time zone. And sometimes just sitting and having a cup of tea in a very busy cafe, I can be in a, outside of that time slot in a mm. timeless moment. Yeah, and I'm guessing you experience that in nature too. Oh, absolutely. Mm. You know, mm. so it's interesting. My friend was telling me that um, that when she went to London, her heart just absolutely expanded out. You know, it's like wow, I'm here. You know, incredible. The lights, the noise, the 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 people, the sounds, the smells. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I, I just smiled and giggled and said. That's the exact same feeling I have when I step into nature, you know, mm-hmm. right? And I, I can feel that my being, my spiritual being, if you will, the spirit within me, just really then begins to unfold and, you know, it, and it's really wanting to then be with nature, yeah, you know, and and, and is yearning and longing for nature to commune with it, with it, you know. So sitting in nature is just incredibly wonderful. And this is what's really important, right? Yeah. What's yeah. really important is that everybody, every human being, is nature and needs to be in nature. So you mentioned earlier that um, that your priorities or your sense of priorities has changed, that now you're really aware of what's really important in life. And what, yeah. So mm. what, what is really important in life then, apart from being in nature, which you've just mentioned? Relationship is the most important thing you can have. You know, being in relationship. And the, the purpose... Of being here it can be different for different individuals but if you strip all of those things back essentially it's about your heart space because that's what's enduring the heart space your heart right everything else according to my experience at least dissolves and disappears so you know if you're thinking oh right oh I've had a bad thought so that makes me a bad person well in reality that doesn't have any impact whatsoever because it's whatever you take to heart because if it's in the heart, it's going to go over to the other side. 
whatever's in your mind isn't going to go to your side the other side you know so relationship allows you to transform you know it's not the only thing but relationship allows you to transform uh, anything that you feel that you might need to transform now it isn't religious for me those experiences weren't religious they were deeply spiritual experiences you know those layers of religion you know you moving beyond religion um, and moving beyond those layers is where it was really at for me and in terms of relationship then knowing oneself's heart or oneself that's important too because if you are unaware of self then you are going to be unaware of, of another person and then you're not going to be in right relationship with them and in right once you move into right relationship you move in harmony and harmonizing yourself with with everything that is you know and we're, now we're getting very deep here aren't well we? that's yeah. good that's so good. so that's beautiful. Um, i don't you know and in that we can go very deep if you mm. wanted to i mean i this heart could go there and this heart actually loves being there to be honest you know yeah. in that space because you know and it reminds me of the Tao sayings that the Tao Te Ching if you you know I, I can't quote any of it now because I've had too much chemotherapy which has kind of you know stopped me from recalling and memorizing stuff in the way that I could do maybe I'm just getting older Steve who knows <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I've got this wonderful excuse of blaming it on chemotherapy yeah. but yeah you know <laughs> but yeah beautiful no that's beautiful um so you mentioned that sorry, uh, yeah something just that, something's yeah. just mm -hmm. come up here you know so in 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 relationship it doesn't mean that you abandon your life what it means is that yes have a career but your career shouldn't be your overwhelming focus at the expense of uh, your awareness of relationship because even your career there's relationship right so how you are in in your career and how you are with the people that you work with and how you are with with the dustbin man and how you are with the rubbish you put away and how you are with your own bed you know they, they're not you know you're still in relationship with all of these things so mm. it's it's every day day-to-day -day stuff but how are we are mm. you know mm. that that's the, the prioritical change really right. and, and that's an ongoing process because I don't meet that every day, even though I have that awareness, Steve, you know, I'm pressured, I've got to get up, I've got to, you know, I've got to be at the train station, I can't even say hello to the conductor, and sometimes I'm very grumpy when I get up in the mornings, <laughs> right, you know, and the older you get, you get more grumpy, you know what I mean, <laughs> right, and you, you, anyone that uses the train regularly commuting knows how that feels, you know what I mean, yeah. so there's all those things, but when I have time, you know, when I'm not, stressed and rushed and pressured and I sit down even in those moments when I'm pressured and stressed I try now to bring that awareness into everything that I do mm. and, and and not not in a way that you know that shouts it out to everybody but in a way that just um just quietly you know every day just you know remember what what is important what is real and 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 I find the other shift gratitude mm -hmm. uh, yeah so um 
because you, you're one of the things is when you're confronted with death and it doesn't come quick so it's not a sudden death so walking down the street boom you know you're knocked over you cut you you crack your skull you've gone sorry to put it in such blunt terms but yeah you're gone the sudden death right but if you know you're going to die you know and 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 it's real you know it's not a conceptual oh i, I you know i'm dying but your every part of your being including your life energy it is dissipating when that's occurring then you you reflections on how you've lived your life what your life is like what you know the important things begin to rise to the top you know what i mean and and so and then there are endings you have endings you have feelings of end this is ending that's ending you don't you're not thinking of tomorrow or the day after or making any future plans and when you don't do any of that you begin to realize what's important and and when you when you come back and like now I, i'm grateful a lot more for this really the smallest things like a child will smile and i'm grateful to have been witness to that you know and, and it comes spontaneously it's not something that i'm searching for so many many days now it's many days that there is gratitude mm. you know genuine heartfelt gratitude not a constructed gratitude or i should be thankful or i should be grateful yeah yeah it, it, it just, just comes out gratitude for right. small things so just to just to finish off um you mentioned that you no longer have fear of death i mean you've you feel that you've you have experienced death already oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah i don't like saying it because I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it, but I don't like saying it because it, 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 there's a danger of putting oneself on a, uh, uh, claiming something. Mm, uh, mm. And, and I don't want to be claiming anything. But the truth of the thing, the matter is, is that when I look into myself and, and, and reflect on that, and I don't fear death because it's not, it's not an unknown anymore, you know. Uh, there is a process and that process you know for me at least doesn't bring me hellfire it didn't bring me hellfire so because i didn't have that experience and because i, I felt like i had an incredibly magnanimous positive experience you know it's almost inviting it's almost like i you know to be honest with you i didn't want to come back you know when i got pushed back i was like I, I was raging with God for three weeks. I was like, and it was an it wasn't a it was an intuitive raging. It was instinctive raging. You know, sometimes I reflect and think, where is this anger coming from? I mean, it's not, you know, Zach. It's not that, but it was there, and it was and it was in the heart space. You know. So, and when you pull that all together, you know, and you know that death doesn't exist. You you just know that death in the way that we have constructed it is non-existent that it's just a transition we transition to something else then the fear of that doesn't there isn't a fear that i have for that mm. now in those moments there are two fears that um that most human beings have that i realized once i was there i did fear being alone when i was dying and that is a very huge fear in human beings mm. to die alone uh, so the greatest gift you could give somebody is to just to be with them if they're dying. You don't have to talk. 
you don't have to use words just yeah. your presence can be there holding a hand as someone is dying is the most powerful thing you could probably give them Right, you know, right. You know, there are other things, of course, but mm. you know, just think. So dying alone is a, is a thing, and that fear might still be there. I don't know, um, but the fear of death itself is not there because, you know, it. My experience has been that it's it's incredibly positive. Right. And uh, yeah, just to finish, you you mentioned that. Um, you had treatment for cancer last year again. That's right. For a year. Yes. Yeah. So how, how are you at the moment? What's your kind of condition at the moment? I, I'm in recovery. Mm. Um, I, I I had a stem cell transplant done. I had three rounds of chemotherapy, intensive chemotherapy, and I went through um, some some challenges and difficulties with that. You know, um, obviously the 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 obvious ones: losing my hair, lost weight, uh, becoming neutropenic, so no immune system. And then the side, all the side effects, and um, lo lost vision in my left eye in, in the first round, lost vision in my right eye, um, heart damage, you know, lung damage, so COPD and heart damage, lost my sense of smell, and other other after things. And then I, I was discharged from the hospital, but managed to catch a virus. Well, I didn't catch it. Basically, what happens is that due to the chemotherapy and the treatment, a dormant virus that it, that lie, lies within you becomes like became activated, which meant that I had to have intravenous antibiotics and simultaneously fluids because it's so strong that it impacts the. Uh, the and whilst I was going through that, I got Guillain Barre's, which is um, um, it, it, it's where your immune system attacks your nervous system, and uh, I became paralysed for four weeks and uh, three and a half weeks or something like that. And then I had to go through physiotherapy and learn to walk again. And then I was out on a Zimmer frame for a while and then a walking stick. But I have a permanent nerve, nerve damage, so I have neuropathy in the legs, um, in the fingers and um, temperature, cold, really affects that. And also it gives me the weird feeling like I'm sloshing around in water, my feet you know when there's no water so it's like I've got wellies on and in the wellies there's just cold water so you know uh, when it was really bad it, it had my feet felt like frostbite uh, you know and I'm taking um, painkillers every day because of that because of nerve pain um, and I now have to have a top-up for my stem cell top-up which is not an unusual thing sometimes the stem cell will drop and when it gets below a certain percentage, they want to top you up with stem cells. Um, and yeah, so taking each day as it comes, Steve, and uh, yeah. you know, seeing how things go. I mean, you know, it's been the last 10, 12 years have been devastating on, on the one hand, and yet incredibly expensive on the other, you know. Yeah. yeah. I can see it in you. I mean, it's amazing that you've been through so many challenges, but you sort of you got this sort of radiance about you, this kind of positivity, this uh, this glow, you positively glow. With well, now you spiritual. I'm, I'm flattering you now. No, no, well, wonderful. I'm, I'm I'm glad that you think so. I mean, I don't see that in the mirror. You're used to it. I know. I see. I see. Oh, I've got more wrinkles. I'm growing old. I haven't lived yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I see. But you bring up something. You've you've touched upon something, and I'll be really quick here. Um, but the power of prayer. You see, you know, I had many people praying for me, and I had many people that um, that love me. You know, friends and family. And um, it is my certainty, right? If I can say that, that 
if it wasn't for that love and that prayers, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have the mm. recovery wouldn't mm. be like this way. And, you know, and again, going to the other side, you know, another, if you call it an unveiling, if you will, or um, what, uh, realizing a, t a universal truth is that this is what shifted within me as well, the power of prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, um, I actually experienced people praying and uh, generating energy as they're praying because we're when we're speaking words, they're vibrations, and the vibrations go out into that, and that is an energy because yeah. it transmits from from the mouth to someone's ear, mm. and it and it goes through time time space. So there's energy created at the and and that energy generation can be transmitted to another person yeah. and, and at, at, as a spirit stroke soul level it is a universal law that if it's generated at that level it will always go to the person that's intended to go to mm. yeah whether mm. they know it or not yeah yeah and it will and it can help that person energetically at the at the moment that they need it yeah and for mm. me that occurred and that was another experience that we make and talk about in the first experience and well you know and that's another 20 minutes of <laughs> your time but um, yeah funny yeah. enough the, i don't know if you've read my book but in the same chapter as i write about you as i'm sorry history, i've not read all of it <laughs> <laughs> and even if i read it i might have forgotten it so maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe you've already read it but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but no there was, there was a guy called david ditchfield who had a new <clears throat> near-death experience yes. after he, his coat was caught in the closing doors of a train he was pulled along the platform oh my goodness and he was actually under the train as it passed above him yeah. but um his friend on the train witnessed the experience and she decided to pray for him because they didn't know what they didn't know whether he was alive or dead or what okay. the outcome was and all the other people in the carriage prayed at the same time they all pray, prayed together oh wonderful and, then, and, he, and he said later he could feel it he felt this kind of warm glow went oh him wonderful oh yeah yeah so th that just confirms you know what i already know to be true for myself mm. and so when you're talking about shifting of priorities you know the power of prayer and i i, I you know but I, i'm happy to say that i, I you know i'm praying every day right. uh, for for me and for people and for because I know that that is a certainty, you know. Mm, you mm. know what I mean. And I, I, you know, I do have my feet on the ground. I don't, you know, I pray for somebody. It doesn't mean say they can have a miraculous recovery or anything mm. like that. But it does. It will. It will help them in some way at, at a spirit, spirit level. You know, it may not help them at the body level, but it will help them at spirit level. Yeah. Absolutely. I believe there there have been some scientific studies that have shown that prayer does work. Yeah, has a healing effect on people. Yeah, the Dalai Lama's done a lot with neuroscientists, isn't mm, he? And they've looked mm. at brain scans, and not only, and this is the beautiful thing as well. And I, and what's helped me is that it's increased my sensitivity. Having this experience has increased my sensitivity. It's grown, and so when I'm praying, I can feel the positive positive effect it's having on me praying for another person mm, right? mm. but they they looked at the um parts of the brain where when they were praying where people were praying and it was the same place that happiness and well-being and positivity uh, arose in the brain so as you were praying you you were triggering those those feelings of emotion within yourself as well and projecting it for the other person so wow. that that's what I'm read. I don't know. Yeah, so, something similar. I mean, I actually read studies about people who were in hospital, uh, seriously ill, and they compared their outcome with other people the same condition. Yes. Who, 
And so the person they were focusing on would, would have a group of people who prayed for them right? Uh, for an hour a day yeah. or for half an hour a day. And they'd compare their outcomes with other people who didn't receive prayer. Oh, wonderful. And they always had a, a much better outcome. That's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I don't need the scientific evidence, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a believer, right? So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with that, right? Oh, yeah. I'm on that. And, and that's the shift, right? You know, there's a shift there. And that that in some ways that puts me outside of like you know the scientific evidence for this or you know I don't I don't really need that anymore you know what I mean No, but it's, and, it's and useful for yeah, it to convince yeah, other yeah, people. Yeah, but yeah, you, don't, you don't need to be convinced. No, so no, you, yeah, you, I, I, experience. Yeah, I'm persuaded already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to go, go to show that we're interconnected. And, you know, our beings connect with each other's beings, and uh, that level, everything is one. And we can influence each other across the, the physical level. Well, I, I I would agree with you now, but I would say it slightly differently, if, if you don't mind. No, Steve. fine. I said we can touch each other in a very positive way, and that's the power that we have, whether we know it or not. You know, um, and and you know the we we we're in a world where there is limitation. Right, and lack, apparent lack. But we can generate as much prayer as we want. There is never an, uh, a limit on that. So we are infinite in that way. You know, um, one of the things that happened when I was pushed back into my own body, and like I said, I was raging, was that I, I, and I really wanted to go, not from a suicidal point of view, but from like, hey, I'm going to a better place, man. I mean, man, that was great. Yeah, it was. You know, it was kind of like that. You know, uh, and I, it was. I, and I'm like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Right, and um, eventually, and I'm, I'm really kind of cutting this short because I don't know how much time we've got left, and uh, I don't want to be taking up too much of your time, Steve. But so you're getting the really brief version here. Mm -hmm. um, but the, sh the longer good of it was that eventually. Uh, it, it, it came to me through my heart that um, to be here is an opportunity through relationship to to touch people and not not to be not to go out in your life to want to do that but just that it can happen and that opportunity is priceless in the universe mm. it's incredibly priceless and that is what I mean about time yeah, yeah. Um, th this moment won't come again, and in this moment there is potential, infinite potential, mm. for, for to be able to be, be not only be of service but but also be. Yeah, yeah. Be and in that be, you know, love, light, positivity, all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, and it's incredibly precious as well. I don't know if you felt that in oh, the yeah. moment, in this moment that we talked about, mm, but but um, it's incredibly precious. So that mm. there's the shift, you see, you know. Yeah. That's the most incredibly precious thing. Those moments that you touch people, those are the things that are registered in the heart. Those are the things that will carry. Yeah, your your status won't. Dr. Steve, if you don't mind me saying. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, your 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 qualifications aren't gonna carry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the the lovely car that I have isn't gonna carry, right? Yeah. You know, you know, the Egyptian, Egyptians tried to do this and it didn't work, mm, did it? Yeah, right? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So none of this carries across, right? Yeah. You know? Even though we have great ships that they felt that they could travel across, you know, whatever it was they um, saw as a, they, you know, I can't remember what it was, the void or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about Egyptian um, um, philosophy and religion, but um, it, it doesn't carry, does it? You know what I mean? No. None of these no. things carry. So what carries then? What is, what is, what is the real? And the real is this, you know, how you are. Mm, love and... Well, uh, now, now, now that you talk about love, it's just, you know, that's another hour, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should really do a whole series of podcasts, yeah. a weekly podcast. Well, well, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you call me back after this, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and again, I feel, I feel very privileged that you, you know, that you've put up with me and that you inspiring. want me back. Uh, well, you know, I... I I can turn it up if you like a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that we're talking about love, how, you know, um, there's nothing more, there's nothing that can fulfill you. In a, that's not even the word. There's nothing more that can fill you, fulfill you like love can. To be touched by love, to be un touched by unconditional love just once in your life will change you you know and you can fight against it and you know mm. and you can go on for years fighting it but it will change you no matter whether you like it or not you know something inside you will be longing for that again and again and again mm. and it's that that is important too because um, that's the love you have for what yourself you know and again when we're talking about priorities um, one of the things that's happened because of that is that it it uh, it's changed the way that I see myself at my deepest level what the spirit level because it went to the other side the spirit me Zach went to the other side and it was okay, you know, he's a great guy, right, you know, that guy, I, I love that guy, right, that, you know, I love that guy, now, you know, that's what it did, before that, I, no one ever, we don't think like that, do you, normally, generally, you know, you know, you tell me that you support Man United, if you were at the stadium with your, your other friends, hey man, I, I love myself, you know, <laughs> they'd be like, wow, you know, mm. you know what I mean, so it shifts you, it shifts your relationship with yourself as well, and that's an unfolding, it's a deepening, you know, the, 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 there's not an end to that, to that relationship, you know, mm. and, and, and I'm still learning about that. I'm I'm still learning all the time, and um, you know, even with all these realizations that that were gifted to me, people, I still consider myself to be a student. I really do. Um, still learning, um, and the wonderful thing is that you never master these things, and that's really, really beautiful, Steve. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be awful to think that there was a. A final stage where you understood everything and everything slotted into place and you'd completed 
your journey. You don't want to reach that point, do you? No, no. no well, because it's a bit ongoing. Well, it is. It's ongoing. Well, if you did, then you'd, you'd become incredibly arrogant, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah eventually, because you'd be like, oh, I've done it, seen it all. And everybody else who's trying or climbing up that mountain, mm. you're looking down on them, aren't you, really? Yeah. You would eventually. So that would turn you. It would turn you once you completed. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the great things about these kinds of experiences, about spiritual experiences in general, is that they they teach us that there is so much more than we understand. That they teach us that our normal view of reality or our culture's view of reality is so limited and narrow. It's just a kind of a fragment of what's really there. Well, you, you, again, you say something that, you know, I have forgotten these things, but now they're being, you know, they're coming to my memory. And that is, in that experience when I came back, I, I felt incredibly humbled. Incredibly humbled. And for a while it was like, why me? You know, why why me? You know, self-worth and worthiness and why? And, and then it was like, how little do I really know? You know? Mm-hmm. You know? Here, every day we are conditioned to think that there is, we know so much, right? And it's it's no one one person's fault. It's just how it is, you know. But we are we you know unconsciously and consciously we are being conditioned to think in that way, that we know. And and in and, and in reality, you know, there's so much more. Yeah, yeah. To to know, you know, mm. you know, and and knowing is one thing, but realizing is another way, and then. N- the knowingness of the realization is another level, and then the not knowing is another level. You, you know, can you do you see what I mean? Where I'm going yeah. with this, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, there there is also the not being. You know, and and there's the silence, and there's you know we could so be, much. We could be talking all day, right? Yeah. So, so. Yeah. Well, thanks, Zach. That's been. Uh, oh no, it's been a real pleasure. Awesome. I mean, I was nervous in the beginning, and. It, and I was a bit jittery with my um, relaying of my personal experience. Yeah, and uh, I was trying to garner my thoughts, but I've moved into a very pleasant space as we've come mm. to you know? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it actually. Yeah, and it, and and it, my fears weren't realised. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. So, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for. Oh no, it's been a real pleasure. Your, your profound journey and your uh, profound observations. Oh, it's just based on that journey. Yeah, it's just a. Um, it it is just so lucky. I'm so lucky that I've, I've had a, a space where I can talk freely about this, you know, and and uh, and in a really strange way because it's my first time doing something like this, yeah. right? You know, in a very formal way. So, you know, in a strange way, I feel there are many ears that are listening. Yeah. Even though I'm speaking to you, I can just I just feel that. Right? Well, hopefully there will be. You know, well, who knows? Uh, uh, maybe it's just you and I listen, <laughs> <laughs> listening back to it. But um, yeah, it's a strange feeling, and yeah. um, yeah, no, and I've really enjoyed enjoyed the conversation. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do it again. <laughs> yeah, we, we can do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks, Zach, and thanks everybody for listening. You've been listening to the the Clear Light podcast with me, Steve Taylor, and hopefully. Tune in with, hopefully see you again uh, at the next episode. All best wishes.